Welcome to your Coach On Demand. I'm Dr. Greg Ketchum. I'm a psychologist, an executive coach, and a former radio talk show host. And in this interview series, I'll be speaking with some very inspirational people who have great ideas that will help you reach that next level of fulfillment in your work and in your life. Give a listen, and I think you'll be glad you did. My guest today, executive coach, leadership consultant, and six-time Ironman triathlon finisher Bobby Laporte has a 25-year corporate career in C-level roles in Fortune 50 companies and technology ventures. She is the author of When the Curveballs Keep Coming, a leadership playbook for an uncertain world, and is the creator of the online course Leading Through Uncertainty, How to Lead When What You Know Doesn't Count Anymore. Well, welcome, Bobby, and thanks for being my guest today on Coach on Demand podcast. Hey, Dr. Greg. Thank you for inviting me. It's nice to see you. I appreciate being your guest. Uh, you bet. Now, most of us just don't like uncertainty in our lives, and we try to avoid it. But, but you say that unrelenting uncertainty, I, I love that term, by the way, is now a permanent fixture of our world. Hasn't uncertainty always been a part of our work and life in general? And how is now different? You're right. There's always been uncertainty. Although I would argue, if you look back even a couple of decades, I think there was a lot more certainty in our world. You know, for instance, you know, we, I mean, people like probably you and I, when we, uh, we went to school, we went to college, we graduated, we got a job, we had a pretty good idea of what that prescribed career ladder was going to look like. You know, we, we got a house, we got married, sort of all of that. I mean, that still exists today. But I think even two or three decades ago, there was a lot more structure and, and certainty. But now the uncertainty, as you said, is just unrelenting. I mean, these times of unprecedented, and I'll call it instability, are going to be with us for a while. And it's different now, in my view, because it is ever-shifting, it's broad, and it's structural. So it's not just related to a specific event. I mean, this is something that we're going to continue to see. And we know that futurists tell us that we're going to see more change in the next two years than we've seen in the last 10. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Bobby, do you think it's uh, certainly the uh, coronavirus pandemic is is driving a, a huge part of this, but is it also just the advancement in technology that allows us to not be tied down to one particular location for our work and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think COVID really showed us that you can work in a different environment, you can be innovative, you can make faster decisions, you can be a lot right. more flexible and agile, which is part of what organizations and leaders need to do now to manage the uncertainty. And it's, you know, we're like interconnected globally. So I think there's a lot more factors involved that present uncertainty, but as you know, I believe also opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now why is it important for our listeners to embrace uncertainty and to learn how to see and profit from the possibilities inherent in it? Well, there's a couple of things um, that I'd like to share. I mean, one is that even though I talk about how you can get yourself ready for uncertainty, our current environment really works against that because we know from neuroscience that when we're faced with uncertainty or anxiety, you know, we tend to like go into survival mode. And so we tend to function from autopilot. So we just retreat, you know, we just, as leaders, we hit the pause button, just waiting for certainty to return because we don't want to deal with it. And what that does is it puts us in a position of having to rely on solutions that worked in the past. And in many cases, those aren't working in this environment, mm. this world that you and I just talked about anymore. So it's really important for leaders to be aware of this and to find a way 
to get themselves off of autopilot and to stop and really think before they um, react so that they can give themselves some space to be able to develop options and see what's possible. Yeah, I know what you mean with that automatic pilot. When stress, you know, starts to pile on me, I reach for the Hershey with almonds bar as one way (laughs) to cope. You're saying that's probably I need to learn to do something different. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, we all do that, I think. Well, now, how do we get from trying to avoid uncertainty and seeing it as a temporary distraction to recognizing the possibilities and learning to successfully surf those waves of uncertainty as they hit our shore? That's a big question for me. It is. And, I, and it's, a, it's learned behavior. I mean, sometimes people will say to me, this seems really hard. I mean, it's simple, but it's not easy because it really takes you relearning behaviors, approaching unexpected situations from a different standpoint. And there's a number of steps that I go through in both my online course and in my book, uh, but a couple of key ones I'll talk about. One is one we, I just mentioned, which is getting off autopilot. And that really requires you developing a different sense of awareness when you're getting ready to react. And if you can get to the point where you start to build that capability and build that muscle to just stop instead of going into survival mode and reacting, right, then you give yourself the opportunity to at least say, well, what is the possibility here? What are some of the options? There's another practice that we talk about called strategic awareness, So everybody practices situational awareness, depending on where you're at. But strategic awareness takes that further to really become more aware of what's going on with you personally. So it's not just the environment. It's like, what am I thinking? What are my fears? What are the biases I'm bringing to the situation? You know, what are some of the things that I can begin to understand and get some control around and be able to manage so that I'm able to develop this kind of strategic awareness, which really opens up the ability for leaders to have this possibilities mindset. Yeah, that's very interesting. And it really aligns with my thinking that one of the fundamental uh, leadership skills or personal skills is developing self-awareness, not just of your own emotions, but that situational awareness, you know, what's going on around you if you're in a meeting, what's the what's the temperature of the meeting. And I would imagine what you're saying about identifying when you get into the old, what you call the self-protective mode, that um, one of the things that might tip you off to that is a little feeling of, of uh, dis-ease or panic when uncertainty strikes. That might be a signal to you. Am I, am I on the right track on that as one way? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's definitely psychological and emotional and physiological responses and it is back to survival mode. I mean, it, you know, we live in this uh, mode of like where we're, we're almost constantly in a mode of activating our sympathetic nervous system, which is that, you know, people talk about like the lizard brain and the amygdala getting hijacked. And so even in this society now, with all the change and uncertainty, I think leaders in particular are in a much more stressed position, right? So they're really moving more towards that kind of response and that times of mind, that kind of mindset, which really creates a blind spot for them in terms of how they can manage their way through unexpected situations and create options for them to see what's possible. Yeah, I think maybe your next uh, book should be something along the lines of what to do when you're being led by a lizard brain leader. (laughs) 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 You know, if you could just give us... If you could just give us some clues how to recognize that lizard brain, that that would be great. Now, Now, your course title includes this intriguing line, how to lead when what you know doesn't count anymore. Now, that's a very bold statement, one that makes me a bit nervous as I've spent a good portion of my life developing my expertise and building a great base of knowledge in my field. Can you tell us what you really mean by what we know doesn't count anymore? Yes, and it can be scary. 
There's no doubt about that. And I'm not suggesting that you jettison everything that you know, but I will suggest that there's a, there's a couple of different ways to look at leadership now. So one, I'll define the old model, and that's that you advanced in the organization based on your domain knowledge, your functional skills, whether you were in marketing or finance or whatever, and your achievements, right? And, and also there was a little bit of personality and charisma in there. Those are the kind of leaders that most of us, you know, who've been in the business for world for a while, came to respect and just figured that they're going to show us the way they have the answers. And that's the old model in this world where there's so much change and uncertainty and no one has the answers. That's a scary thing for people to accept, but leaders now have to be able to lead through a different model that involves, as you and I have discussed, self-awareness, self-knowledge, the willing to, willingness to be able to say, I don't know. So that's what I mean when I say that what you know doesn't count anymore, but you can't rely solely on what you've done in the past. I got you. And you, know, you mentioned uh, the old model of leadership, that one was personality and charisma, and those are the only, only leadership qualities I think I have. <laughs> and I've, I've, uh, I've done all right with that. Wait, no domain knowledge, nothing, just personality. <laughs> My winning personality. Now, it, it seems to me that when you distill it to its essence, your key message for our listeners is not to freak out when uncertainty strikes, but rather expect it. Yes. And look for the opportunities it brings. Am I reading you correctly? And can you say more about that? I like to say in this environment, you can't plan, but you can prepare. I like that. And I'll just give an example from my Ironman racing career and an Ironman race, which is, you know, a good 14, 15 hours out on the road for me. If I freak out because I get a flat tire or because all of a sudden, like, you know, some piece of my equipment isn't working. And I can't stop and say, all right, so what is the next course of action? What's my best next move? What is the opportunity here? I mean, I've learned to embrace uncertainty through my racing because, you know, every training session, every race brings some uncertainty that I need to learn to be able to see it as a place of possibility and try and determine what are the options for moving forward. So that's when I say don't freak out. It's really about building the self-awareness that you and I talked about, understanding how you get off autopilot that um, strategic awareness we talked about, you know, practicing the ability to be able to stop and think about what is the opportunity that this presents to you. The sooner leaders understand that that's where things are headed and that uncertainty is here to stay, the better off they're going to be. Yeah. I've always wondered about this Ironman thing. Do you really have to wear an iron suit when you're in the Ironman competition? (laughs) Yeah, trust me. It feels feels like that sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I bet it does. Well, we always like to give our listeners three action steps they can take to try out the ideas that we've discussed today. What action steps do you have for our listeners? Absolutely. So the first one is one we've talked about already, which is just this whole idea of thinking before you react. So responding more rather than than, uh, reacting. Uh, And that's really the first step to helping you get off autopilot and see what's possible. The second thing I would suggest that people do, and it's really tempting in this environment to just feel like you have no agency, but if you can start to discern what you have control over and what you don't, the things you have control over, you should really take action and use that personal agency to either move yourself or your team forward. Just sitting there and waiting for certainty to return and just hoping things are going to go back to what they are is really, you know, Mm -hmm. I think a, a false hope. And then the third one, as I mentioned earlier, is I would really encourage people to register for my Leading Through Uncertainty course. That's going to be launching later this month. It's a four-week, really relies on some practical experience that I have through my coaching and consulting, 
but also includes some very science-based, scalable practices that'll help people begin to build the muscle to, to navigate through uncertainty and things that they can put into place right away. Wow. Well, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today, Bobby. I certainly have learned a lot. Thank you, Dr. Greg. It's always a pleasure to see you, and I appreciate the opportunity. All right, great. I've been speaking with Bobby Laporte, who's an author, executive coach, leadership consultant, and six-time Ironman triathlon finisher. She's also the author of When the Curveballs Keep Coming, a leadership playbook for an uncertain world, and is the creator of the online course, Leading Through Uncertainty, How to Lead When What You Know Doesn't Count Anymore. Finally, if you're interested in checking out Bobby's course or any of the other online course offerings from Interprofessional, go to talentplanet.com forward slash be here now and enter the code be here now, that's all one word, to receive $100 off any of the interprofessional course offerings. Thank you so much for listening and be on the lookout for our next Coach on Demand podcast. Why should we hold up the parade? Come on, let's beat it. Good night, everybody, and thanks. Thanks again. Good night.